No, man, I, I love what you're doing. Um, I, I looked you up and, uh, you know, what you're doing is, is super valuable to, to people and to be able to, I mean, that's how we all learn, right? Hearing other people's stories and, and how they were able to get to where they're at, the mistakes that they made and uh, ideally, you either make the right moves or don't make the bad moves that they made in order to kind of achieve your own success. So what you're doing is great. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Before we begin, if you don't mind just introducing yourself and letting you know the people know who you are, or what you do. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Jarek Walker, uh, born and raised in Boston. My family is from Jamaica, first generation. Um, and I live in LA now working for the NFL and influencer and talent marketing. I've uh, been there now for about seven or eight months. And I mean, I've pretty much been in marketing now, coming up on probably my eighth, eighth year. Uh, oh, wow. So That's good. amazing. So you've been, you've been doing it uh, before the, before the influx of people kind of jumping on the, the influencer on the, marketing on the space. Marketing. Yeah. And in a very interesting way, uh, where I think, cause even when influencer marketing, before it became a thing, uh, I think the younger generation knew like, Hey, this is, this is the way that people are moving. And I think it took bigger companies a little bit longer to steer in that direction. But now seemingly everybody's doing it. I feel like they have to in a way, cause we see a lot of these companies going out of business, you know, by the day mm -hmm. and not not that that you know not the not that the lack of influencer marketing is at the core of why they're going out of business but it's definitely plays some sort of role you know okay. whether it compounds into something or whether it's just a minor factor but it definitely is essential and um i'm curious to know about how you got started like what was the initial sort of interest in this space of marketing yeah like what yeah. why were you gravitated towards it early yeah. on it's so funny. So it happened in college. So uh, initially when I went to college, I wanted to be a dentist. As you can see, I am not a dentist <laughs> right now. Um, but, you know, I, so I, I went to Boston College and that was kind of the goal. And I was taking all the science classes and everything like that. And uh, admittedly, I was not as focused as I should have been when I was in college. I was sheltered as a kid. And so when I went to college, I was just trying to have a good time. And uh, kind of when I started to get my act together, uh, at that point, I had already left the idea of being a dentist and was studying human development, um, which is pretty much psychology, and still had really no idea what I wanted to do. And uh, a part of my minor, which was pretty much human development, uh, I'm sorry, a part of my minor, which was pretty much like human resources, okay. we had to take some business courses. And I just chose a marketing class one of my best friends was in that class and i was like cool like marketing sounds fun and uh i'm in the class and i just enjoyed it so much i, I love that you know there, there is this element of psychology that you know in, in understanding people and what moves people in getting them to be attracted to your brand or to become fans of your brand and then the other side of it was the creativity side where, uh, you know, there, it's almost a, it's a challenge to come up with something new and fresh, to come up with something new and innovative or a challenge to tell. Like, who can tell the best story and right. who can tell it first? Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, 
you know, those, those are things that I was just genuinely interested in. Um, and so when I took these classes, I ended up taking like, I think two marketing classes and one advertising class. And I remember even my advertising class, we had to make up a business and talk about how we would aver- market it and advertise it. Right. And, uh, I just, I loved it. And, um, I mean, at that point that was like my junior year and it was too late to kind of switch my major and make that move. And so I still graduated with a human development degree. Uh, and honestly, it wasn't until five years, no, until about three or four years that I was actually working in a marketing role. Uh, but I found that there was a little bit of marketing in everything that I was doing. I almost feel like I was being set up for the, the bigger jump in the future. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the position you have right now is, you know, no joke. It's, it's a pretty, um, if I had to assume based on just viewing it from the outside perspective, it, it seems really interesting and fun. Yeah, it, it is. What do you, what, what, what kind of, um, what exactly do you do in this, uh, in this space in terms of like influencer marketing? Absolutely. So it, a lot of it is really one, uh, building relationships with influencers and and talent that you feel connect to your brand. Um, You know, I I even, you know, before the NFL, I I worked at Nike and what, and it was, it's the same thing. And when we're choosing people that we want to work with, we, we want to make sure that our, uh, our morals and our kind of goals and, and things that we are passionate about align and that allows for a better story. And so on the NFL side, uh, I'll give you know one example of, of something that we got to do that I was very excited about in, in my short amount of time here is we, we worked with uh, a guy named Boss, um, Ron Boss Everline, who is a trainer, has his own uh, brand as, in, in fitness, um, and is also like, has, has a lot of popularity, one, for his personality, but two, he is like Kevin Hart's personal trainer. And so you'll see him a lot in, in a lot of Kevin Hart work. Um, and then this other uh, woman whose name is Santia Deck, uh, who is right now the first woman to ever get a multi-million dollar deal for football. She's going to play in the Women's Football League, which is supposed to start up next year. And, uh, and so we got to tell those stories of, you know, Santia, this, you know, this, this amazing athlete that is, you know, opening up a whole new lane, right, of, of women's football. Like, I'm talking pads, tackling, like, that is going to exist. And this is one of the, the stars before it even, uh, before the, the league even starts. So right. we're, we're, telling, we're telling that story, but we're also telling Ron Boss's story, who Boss is a, is a specimen, and he is a, a massive human being, uh, and he's an athlete, and we found a story uh, that he he wanted to play in the league, and you know he he never got that call to go to the combine. And while he you know isn't going to play in the league now, we were able to bring him to combine that, and that was something that he always he always wanted to do, and so brought him to combine. Coincidentally, he had a cousin who played in the NFL. 
um, who was had an amazing career with the Chiefs, and we Derek, and we were able to bring him to be a part of this thing where he was essentially teaching Ron, Boss, and Santia, this is how you do combine. And this is coming from someone that had an, an amazing career in the NFL. Right. So they got and, to experience that as well. Exactly. And then we told, him, and we told that story over social channels. And it was fun and engaging, one, because of the story, but two, because these are just two entertaining people. Um, and watching Santia and Boss go head to head and, and compete and talk trash. It was hilarious, mm -hmm. but yeah. also they had a blast. Like they had an amazing time. And then being able to share those stories and have people connect to those stories, you know, it, it does a lot for one for that influencers brand. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to think about. Like when you're doing work with influencers, it should be a win-win. It, it shouldn't just be, we as the brand get a lot out of it. And all you get is a paycheck. It should be, how do we increase your brand and how do you increase ours? And and that's the way that we look at it at, at our, on our team. Um, and and ideally you're having fun in the process. And that way it's, it's something, a relationship that can continue to grow. And as we don't want anything to be a one-off, right? We right. really have these, these real relationships. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of what is pushed within the current climate, especially within young entrepreneurs, is um, kind of a transactional approach. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've noticed that from time and time, or I've noticed that many times to um, feel the need to speak on it. And, you know, I'm, I'm fairly young as well. I'm guilty of that as well. Sometimes I feel that having uh, one person on could spiral into having bigger and bigger guests. And mm -hmm. that was a trap that I fell into. Um, but you know, I still notice um, the prevalence of this within the young entrepreneurship, uh, young entrepreneur category, where it's all transactional. It's all, how can I gain from it? And how can I provide the illusion that the other person will gain from it? And I don't know, I mean, I'm sure you get these DMs as well, when a lot of people strike up a conversation and, you know, oh, yeah. you, go to, you go to their page and you realize, okay, you, you are exposing what you do in your bio so I can figure out where this conversation's heading. And it, you know, while it may seem genuine, it was like, hey, what's up, man? How long have you had your brand or whatever it may yeah. be? You, uh, you identify the patterns and it's interesting that, you know, bigger organizations, obviously they have the resources and have the right people in place to take a more um, genuine approach. I feel like we could still talk about some of the elements so that young entrepreneurs could implement them within their approaches and their ways of operating. No, absolutely. And so at, at Nike, uh, we would always say relationships over transactions. That was in a lot of different decks. And uh, I mean, I, I love that you, you spoke on that. And it's, it's so important. Um, one of the things that I got to be a part of and, and really lead um, in my time at Nike, so I, I worked specifically in the running category in LA and a lot of what we wanted to do was how do you, you know how do we connect with the running community and and do it in an authentic way where we're not showing up like hey Nike's here like come love us because we are sponsored something or yeah you know it, mm -hmm. exactly and instead of just like doing our own thing it was like let's find the people that are doing great things in their city in their community 
around in, in this you know particular role around running and let's elevate them let's give them a platform with the power of the swoosh to elevate what they're doing and to extend what they're doing right and it, it almost to me i mean I, I started off like my first job out of college was at a nonprofit, and I, I, that's something that is is instilled in me where I always want to feel like I'm helping people. And if I don't, I just, it doesn't feel right. I'm not as engaged. I'm not as passionate about it. And that for me is, that's my driver. And with like, I think for me, not I think for me, working for the, these big brands with these, you know, very, uh, recognizable logos like the swoosh or the NFL shield. My thought process is if I'm working here, I'm going to use these logos to put people on. And at Nike, that's exactly what we did. Uh, one, one story that I'll, I can speak on is a guy named Butta who is, you know, a personal friend of mine, but I didn't, I didn't know him until I moved to LA. And even when I met him, he said, Hey, I want to start a run club. And I was like, cool. Like, you know, and, that, and that's, you know, one of those things where people always come to you and say, Hey, I'm about to do this. So I'm going to do this. Right, right. Nike get involved in this. And, you know, I didn't know him at the time when we had that conversation and I said, cool, man, like, you know, can't wait to see it. And, uh, you know, I think I gave him, I gave him some shoes. Right. But you know, that was it. There were, there were no promises made. There was no, like, let's put on a, uh, an event or anything like that. And, you know, couple months later i'm looking at his instagram and he's he has over 70 people come into his run club and not just people runners but also it was a lot of black runners which is not a thing you typically see in the running community to to have that large amount of black people running together it's it's not something that i feel like we really grew up around and seeing that i was like man this is special and he said he was going to do it and he did it and how can we help and so we, we brought him in to have a conversation and then i mean that was the i think that conversation happened in 2018 and 2019 we were working on a project together and he helped us launch he helped us launch a shoe uh i mean 2019 he did a lot with nike and he still continues to do a lot with nike and we also have worked with members of his crew of his run crew and I mean he did a run not too long ago and it was hun- like hundreds of people showed up and it and it's and he has the same message he's just trying to you know get his people and get his community moving and encouraging that like running isn't a thing that only one race does or only some races do and doesn't matter how fast you are or how slow you are this is a community and it's special and, and I mean shoot we I think last year uh yeah we worked on three or four projects together and all successful and all it, it allowed us to connect as a brand in a, in a completely different way because us just say stepping he, he's he's uh, the self-proclaimed mayor of South, uh, South mm-hmm. Central and us just jumping into South Central while we might have some success we're gonna have better success if we're if we're coming in with someone in and of the city and in and of that area. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was the approach, and it's not it's not malicious. Like, and I feel like you can't even if you try to do it in a malicious way, it's not going to work. 
it was it was a genuine relationship where I care for Butter, Butter cares for me, Butter's a, a fan of Nike and Nike cares for Butter. And that was that was the experience that he got and that has allowed him to now be a part of Nike campaigns and uh things like Amazing, that. Yeah. And it's not that is insane. insane. That's crazy. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh one thing I've noticed um uh within again the younger sort of demographic is a lot of people that are naturally extroverted they feel the need to have different people in different places um kind of engaged and it's 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 kind of um you know i can't relate to that because i'm very much the opposite and i i also you know prefer genuine sort of connections and genuinely being interested in people but i've observed enough people as as sort of an introvert that um you know it, it's got to be tiring to really fake engage different people yeah. and you know always call people and act like you're genuinely interested but towards the end of the conversation there's always an ask and it's it's kind of a repetitive pattern and if they're doing it with you you can only imagine how many other people are being played as pieces so uh you know this this sort of a relationship that you just alluded to is not only is it genuine but it's also easier it's also easier to maintain and there's also room for you know no minor misunderstanding can jeopardize the relationship Absolutely. whereas when it's uh, when it's not authentic any little minor you know play from either party is viewed as threatening and then you kind of both go into calculated mode and you're like you know there's like Absolutely. what is this person doing what is this person doing Absolutely. No, and that's that's so it's it's so true and I think also what what a genuine relationship allows for is transparency, right? Because I mean while Butta for example might have wanted us to work with him every single project that we had, it, it didn't always make sense. And that was something that where maybe if it's just a transactional thing, you can't have that real conversation, but I was just like, "Hey man, this this project, this is what the inspiration behind this product is and that is not you." And like, I hope you can understand that this doesn't mean our relationship is over. When in and I was like, "And honestly, like for example, there was a thing that was more focused on women." And so I was like, "Hey, can we work with some of the women that are part of your crew?" And he was more than happy to kind of pass that along. And but it was just being able to have that genuine calm and just like i think a lot of times people will work with you and then just ghost right and then you right. never talk to them again and uh that's that's not what it's about it's it's really a relationship over transactions like if we work with talent and it's their birthday we're going to say happy birthday you know if right. uh even if we're not working with them on a specific project that's just the way that things are and you know if we talk to them it's not just going to be about business let's Let's talk about like how are you doing? How's your life? How's your daughter? You know, how's the family? Um and that it goes it really goes a long way. And I think it it takes more effort though. You know, it definitely does, yeah. It's it's not something that you know, it can be time consuming. Uh you know, whether it's grabbing lunch, grabbing dinner, uh those things are important. Um and honestly, it is something and, and honestly if it's not for everyone where everyone can't do that and it's understandable like my i'm a social butterfly and that's why i can be in a role like this because i i can gen- have genuine conversations because i enjoy to have those conversations if that if that's not you it doesn't need to be you but 
find someone on your team or get someone on your team that can do that and can do it well. Uh, and, you know, my, I had a team of three. While I would say we were all pretty extroverted, I was the biggest extrovert. And I was typically the one that was bringing people in. And I'll bring them in, I would introduce them to the team, the team felt comfortable with them, and then we would continue on. But I was still the person that would right. maintain that relationship. Uh, and I mean, there were times where my boss, she had relationships with other people and she would maintain those relationships. And uh, it, honestly, it, it proved to be very, very successful. 2019 was a very strong year for Nike running in, in Los Angeles. And it was because of a lot of the relationships that, that we had.